الجزيرة بودكاست Ethiopia's government and rebel forces in the northern Tigray region have agreed to end hostilities. But this isn't the first ceasefire in the two-year conflict. So what are the terms of the deal and will it last? I'm Fully Batibo and you're listening to the Inside Story podcast where we dissect, analyze and help define major global stories. Let's now bring in our guests in Addis Ababa, Hayredin Tezira, a member of the Ethiopian Parliament and Assistant Professor of Social Anthropology at Addis Ababa University. In Amsterdam, Gebre Kistos Gebre Selassie, founder and chief editor of Tagat.com. That's a website documenting the war in Tigray. And in London, Martin Plout, a senior research fellow at the Institute of Commonwealth Studies. Gentlemen, a warm welcome to you all. Thank you very much for joining us today on Inside Story. Before we get into the details of this agreement signed uh, by the Ethiopian government and the TPLF, I want to get your initial reaction first to this ceasefire. Let me start with you, Hayreddin, in Addis Ababa. How do you view this agreement? Will this ceasefire last? Yeah, the, the moment I heard the agreement launched, in Pretoria, I was very happy and as and any part of Ethiopia and as, as any citizen of Ethiopia, I wish Ethiopia to be very peaceful and prosperous and that blood, uh, bloody conflict in the north was dragging us behind. It is a, it's a conflict between brothers. So uh, the moment I heard it, it was, you know, it was, you know, uh, emotional for me moving mm. and I'm very happy. And for me and for other Ethiopians, I, I believe this is, uh, it, 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 uh, you know, the, the, the agreement is not indicating the winning of one or another party, rather it, Ethiopia, brothers, one family wins out of the agreement. But that how, is committed, reaction. how committed is the Ethiopian government to the agreement? You know, uh, according to my understanding, and the, 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 immediately after the agreement, the Prime Minister Abiy Ahmed said, the government is very committed. You know, if you can remember, and if viewers even can remember, the Ethiopian government time and again, you know, said that it wants us to end the conflict through peaceful dialogue. Unilaterally declared for humanitarian access previously. And, you know, the commitment was observed even before the Territorial Agreement. Then the moment and after the agreement, the Ethiopian government demand, according to my understanding, it's fully addressed. Mm. It, you know, it raised that you know the issue was previously, and the factors that you know triggered the war seems addressed very well in the agreement. Okay. So no need to wait. Rather, the spirit and letter of the agreement should be implemented. That is the reaction from the prime minister and his government as well. And Gabriel Christos, this deal has come as a surprise to many because there was not a lot of optimism going into the talks in South Africa. What is your reaction to this agreement? And do you think this ceasefire, unlike the previous one, will last? I think uh, it is positive that there is at least, you know, uh, a publicly stated uh, commitment for peace or a desire for peace. Um, whether it will last uh, is uh, uh, something I am not so, um, uh, let's say, uh, it remains to be seen. Uh, and I say that because um, the uh, track record of the African Union, the uh, Ethiopian uh, regime uh, uh, are not really that good. The regime uh, really thrives on deception. So that doesn't give me so much hope. And the African Union uh, does not have really a strong 
mechanism, you know, to uh, enforce this, to uh, uh, you know, oversee this process. And I would like to add this, that I think this is uh, the Tigrayan community now feels that this was really an unfair uh, 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 agreement that has been really uh, uh, kind of like uh, demanded a lot of concessions on the mm. part of the grand. At the start of the negotiations, Martin, 10 days ago, the conflict was intensifying and the Ethiopian government and its Eritrean allies were closing in on Mekele, the regional capital of Tigray. What do you think led to this breakthrough and is this the end point, you think? Well, I think there, there are two things to say. The first is both sides were under intense pressure the uh, Tigrayans were certainly uh, under intense pressure because the Eritrean and Ethiopian forces were deep inside their territory, uh, but they were not close to uh, Mekele. Mm. They were actually blocked quite a distance from Mekele and were held and being ambushed all the time on the, what, the B-30, which was called the Highway to Hell. So it, it wasn't as if the, the Tigrayans were in an impossible position, but they were in an extremely difficult position. But they made a, quite a hand, lot of concessions. The, uh, how, how do you explain them making they the, have the concessions indeed. they made? Well, let me just put, put, give you the, the difficulty that the Ethiopians were under. Mm. Not only were they losing a lot of men, but also they were under intense financial pressure because the International Monetary Fund made it clear they would not extend loans to Ethiopia, which is down to about a month's worth of foreign exchange. They've spent hugely on weapons for this war. And so they were under intense pressure as well. And it's because both sides were under pressure that the, it was possible to get some kind of agreement, I think. Yeah. Uh, Gabriel Kisto said a moment ago that uh, the, the Ethiopian regime has a, a track record that's not really good, that they, they're deceptive in, in his words. Do you think there is enough trust today between the two sides that could make the ceasefire last? I think there's very little trust, but what you need is, uh, you know, confidence-building measures. And, you know, you can ask yourself one simple question. Have the borders of Tigray been opened? Mm. Have the World Food Programme's trucks begun moving today? There's no reason why they have to wait any further. The, the agreement's been initialed. They should be moving today. The second question is this. Will the Ethiopian and the Eritrean governments allow reporters from Al Jazeera, from mm. other organizations, to go up to the front and report on what is going on. Right. That would be hugely important in allowing people to say, this is what's happening with some confidence. All right, well, let's take a closer look now at the significant parts of this agreement. The TPLF, under this deal, must enter a permanent ceasefire with government forces and disarm. Tigray will be restored as a region under Ethiopia's federal system. Elections held in Tigray in 2020 that weren't recognized by Ethiopia's government will be considered void, and a new government for the region will be established. Let me bring you back in, uh, Gairadine, in Addis Ababa. Martin raised an important point there, and that is an important question, and that is whether the borders of Tigray will be open. When will aid return to Tigray? When will all the obstacles to transport of food and medicine be lifted? You know, I don't know why, uh, in what mechanism that Martin Pullout uh, examined or uh, came to that kind of conclusion. You know, according to my understanding, uh, there was a war and uh, for long, for two years in that area. But still, uh, after the control of some areas by Ethiopian National Defense Force, 
uh, I can understand that and based on my information, ecological information and assessment into the development in the, in the area, there is a you know, smooth uh, movement of uh, humanitarian food and other, other services. Mm. And even today, as of today, I can hear in, in those liberated areas, services, electricity and telecommunication have been restored by the government. The issue is, as you have already mentioned in the agreement, whether the government has absolute power in that area is very difficult. Mm. Most of the services are delivered by the government institutions, the federal government institution. If the, gov the, the, the federal government jurisdiction have not been very well upheld in that area, it would be you know, very difficult for the state, the central government, to deliver this kind of services into area. Okay, but Christos. I don't agree, and I will not agree, okay. agree that deliberately, de deliberately there will not be a siege and a blockade by the, the federal government. I think this kind of accusation seems now working as this spirit of peace is now, you know, okay. in, you know overshadow overshadowing the scene now. Uh, Geber Christus, uh, Dean says the government has been falsely accused of of blockading uh, uh, the, the Tigray region. What do you know is happening right now uh, to the extent of your knowledge in the region? Is aid and uh, coming in, are services being restored as uh, Haira Dean says? No, that's an absolute lie. And uh, lie and deception have been part of the, uh, not only the government, but also the people that speak you know, uh, for, for the government. And this is just what we hear now today. We have families, for example, in the areas that he says are liberated. Again, this is not liberation, according to Tigrayans. You don't liberate people that didn't ask for that. But there is no electricity, there's no uh, internet, there's nothing, there's no aid. Uh, but again, you know, they are telling us that our people are eating food while they are not eating. So I think like what Martin said before, we haven't seen anything yet since the signing of the agreement. That kind of that kind of points, you know, something positive is coming uh, in the coming days ahead. But I think let me just go back a little bit and say, you know, one of the um, injustice uh, that the Grands feel at this moment is that, you know, what is uh, normally not negotiable, mm. like uh, humanitarian aid, uh, restoration of services, uh, uh, genocide, blockade, all these shouldn't have been allowed, but they have been used, you know, to coerce the Grands. To, uh, co uh, to concede many things if they want to get, you know, this, for example, humanitarian aid. Uh, this has been part of the negotiation. That's why it doesn't feel right from the, uh, the get-go. Uh, and this resentment among Tigrayans now, if social media is an indication, we don't know about the people in Tigray because they have no voice at this moment, mm. but those that are outside, there is a huge dis uh, disappointment, resentment, and they feel that, that Tigrayans uh, who have been subjected to genocide will not get justice and reparation because of this uh, arrangement that has been created now. Martin, a huge really disappointment is, from the Tigrayans apparently uh, at this agreement. So where does it leave it? I mean, it sounds like it's not going to last very long. Well, I hope it does. I mean, this has been a long time in the making and there's been huge international pressure the Americans have played a big role in trying to get this through. The African Union, as you mentioned, has worked extremely hard to make this happen. And there's no reason why it shouldn't work. Mm. Uh, I mean, as I said, there are good reasons why both sides would want to have a, a, a resolution. But, you know, it, it, you just need some measures of goodwill which show that there's genuine goodwill on both sides. Let a, an, a, a United Nations flight take off tomorrow with the camera crews, international camera crew on it, 
and broadcast the situation from Michele tomorrow. That would change the atmosphere. It's not difficult to do. It could be done at a, at a switch you know, uh, by, by, the Amer by Prime Minister Abbey. All he has to do is say, yes, they can go, and the United Nations uh, flights would take off. Hi, There's Radine. no reason why it can't happen. Hi, Radine, uh, will the Prime Minister, will the Ethiopian government make this goodwill gesture? You know, I don't know whether this kind of proposal from Martin can take, uh, can, can, can countercheck and check whether the agreement is workable or not. This is a very simple event, by the way. We have to appreciate the overall framework that agreed by the parties and the intention both parties demonstrating. You know, I mean, I think everyone agrees. Agree both, uh, everyone agrees and welcomes. Uh, and my brother. Yeah, you, everyone agrees, I think, on, on uh, the, the framework and everyone welcomes the deal. The question now is whether what was agreed will be implemented. You know, I think what kind of implementation is mentioned in the detail, that will be, will be seen very soon. We will see, you know, that, you know, there is also a declaration of agreement that's mentioned in the agreement. Then there are also observers that can uh, check and counter-check whether it is workable or not. Mm. For me, for instance, according to my brother from Amsterdam, he said that Tigrayans are showing resentment. The Tigrayans are not only living in Tigray region, they are living in Addis Ababa, they are living in different parts of Ethiopia, they are very happy. You know, they want to see their region, their, their families to be peaceful. So we have to appreciate that. The diaspora should also come to, you know, this kind of, uh, you know, appreciate this kind of agreement. You know, elongating the war, elongating the spirit of hatredness cannot help us more. Let's appreciate, let's grasp this opportunity and show a kind of commitment to implementation. For me, the implementation cannot be checked by one, one cameraman or one, one journalist to go there and broadcast this guy. This is a very simple situation. We'll see it very soon. The, the, let's, let's give time to prove this right or wrong. Gabriel Christos, your response. You know, I mean, um, this is very simple, for example. You know, it's a good uh, uh, gesture, like uh, allowing journalists, allowing aid to flow immediately would uh, signal a good thing. But what my uh, what your guest from Addis is saying is really simply, you know, um, well, let's just, you know, be good. No, there should be um, justice for what has happened. You just don't let crimes of this magnitude you know, uh, go free. Uh, but uh, the, crimes, any, uh, the uh, crimes, by the way, uh, according to the United Nations, Gabriel Christos, were committed by both sides, not just the Ethiopian government forces, but also by the Tigrayan forces. Oh, no, that, that's not the same. That, that's just crimes okay. and there is a genocide. That's a different type of crime. Those, uh, those you know, crimes, you know, conflict, there will be crimes. Uh, so also if the Tigrayans have committed crimes, be, they should be uh, uh, held accountable. So we're not really saying only, uh, you know, uh, the forces, uh, the allied forces should be held. Mm. There, but there should be a mechanism, a transparent, trustworthy mechanism, and something that is really uh, befitting the, the magnitude of the crimes that has been committed in Tigray. Many people kind of miss this, but the investigation also puts, you know, the magnitude of the crimes on the Ethiopian regime and its allies, not on the Tigrayan forces. Okay, before I bring Martin back into the conversation, I just want to ask you, Gabriel Christos, we talked about goodwill gestures. What about uh, the disarmament of the TPLF? That's part of the agreement, the TPLF disarming. When, when can we expect that to happen? That is something that's extremely difficult for Tigrayans because we uh, believe as Tigrayans that only the, uh, we, we don't consider it TPLF. That's already the problem there. It calls the Tigrayan forces, which we call 
Tigrayan Defense Forces as TPLF forces. You're not TPLF forces. You're not, the Tigrayans are not fighting for TPLF. They are fighting for their people, for their uh, uh, institution of government. And that's the problem, well, you know, with this. And this are and what, under what conditions? This is something... It's a sovereign state. We don't have a parallel army in a given state. Uh, let me wait. The parallel army has committed genocide upon us. It's not, it's not our army. And it has allowed a foreign army, Eritrean army, to come... No, no, it's an Ethiopian army. Yeah. We, shouldn't, we shouldn't... We shouldn't... Rape rape any, by the way, we should be abided by the spirit region. and the letters of no, the agreement, my friend. Let me finish. Ethiopia needs a peace. This kind of rhetoric, let this kind finish. of hetero speech must finish. end. And our we are brothers and friends please. and fathers and sisters. Please, we need please, peace in Ethiopia. We need peace in Tigray. We need in different in Afar. We need peace in, in every part of Ethiopia. Okay, Gabriel Christus, I'll just finish your friend. thought really quickly. Ganar Zadeh, that kind of conversation should end now. Okay, just finish your thought really quickly before I bring back Martin back in. So this is what I mean. This uh, uh, Tigrayan forces. Thus, these are the only people that protect the Tigrayan uh, society. Okay. And their disarmament is a very serious issue for Tigrayans. I don't think how is this going to work. Right. But uh, we, uh, uh, we, we feel like that's not really right. Okay, Martin, as you can hear there, the, there's still quite a lot of animosity, you know, from the two sides, if we just judge from this conversation between these two gentlemen. What happens next as far as this agreement is concerned? And we talked about Tigray, uh, the TPLF, and the Ethiopian government forces, but we haven't talked about Eritrea's role in this. Eritrean forces were, of course, fighting alongside the Ethiopian government forces. Will the Eritreans uh, and President Isaiah Safawerki accept this deal and abide by it, do you think? Well, that's a critical question. And, you know, it was uh, about a year ago, uh, Prime Minister Abiy of Ethiopia said that he had asked the Eritreans to leave, but they never left. So how that he's going to ensure that they do leave is difficult. They didn't participate in these talks, mm. and they're not mentioned at all in the agreement. The only thing that it is says is that it, is, it prevents the use of proxies to destabilize the other party or collusion with any external force hostile to either party. That's a sort of complicated way of saying the Eritreans. Right. But how they're going to ensure that they leave is very difficult because don't forget that a lot of Ethiopian troops were sent up north to Eritrea to attack the Tigrayans from the north. What's going to happen to them? And what about the Somali forces mm -hmm. who were also brought in at the beginning of this war? When are they going to be allowed to go home? Mm -hmm. There are many questions and only 10 monitors have been established in this whole process. Yeah. It's a very fragile system. And what about the fate of the disputed Western Tigray region, which is part of Tigray but was captured by Amhara forces at the beginning of the conflict? Absolutely right. Uh, I mean, the only thing that, that really applies to that is the two-page agreement which was signed where they said that they uphold the constitution of the Federal Democratic Republic of Ethiopia. Now, that constitution recognizes that Western Tigray as part of Tigray. Mm. Now, if they're going to abide by the letter of this, then that should be returned to Tigray. But I'd be interested to hear what the uh, colleague in uh, Addis Ababa has to say about that. Okay. Khairuddin uh, in Addis Ababa, what do you have to say to that? And, and especially the question of when will Eritrean forces leave Ethiopia? To, to my knowledge, and as an academic, and I, I, as, as an academic who wants this data to to, 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 to narrate and to talk, the existence of Eritrean army, the involvement of Eritrean army in the northern conflict is not proved yet. 
that doesn't, you know, the Ethiopian government doesn't say, doesn't say about that. The Eritrean government doesn't say about that. Only I can hear from the TPLF side from the, some inter international community or Western powers. So for this uh, purpose, since I don't have any credible information about the existence of Eritrea, okay. I don't say anything about it. Regarding other issues, and uh, yeah, regarding other, other issues, especially the issue of Western, uh, as we call it, you know, the con you know, controversial lands yes. and controversial areas, the agreement clearly stipulates that the Ethiopian constitution will address the issue. This doesn't mean that the Ethiopian constitution, you know, by the way, the Ethiopian Federal Democratic Republic constitution doesn't state anything about the internal boundaries of Ethiopian federal constituencies. Okay. Okay. So that will need kind of further uh, dialogue, further, further sitting further and the discussion. Okay. That will be addressed hopefully with through the constitutional mechanisms okay. and other I'll, mechanisms. I'll let, I'll so let uh, Gabriel Kessos respond uh, on, on the point that there is no proof that Eritrean forces are in northern Tigray. Uh, and, and also ask you, uh, Gabriel Kessos, about the next step. There are clearly divisions and the ceasefire is not going to solve them. What should happen next? I don't know what to say, you know, to uh, your guest from Addis. Uh, basic facts. This is what we mean, you know. Already here we see the denial of really established facts, you know. This is like even his government, he calls his, uh, the Abiy uh, regime his government, has admitted that Eritrean forces are in Ethiopia. This is just a, this is just a pu public uh, knowledge. And he says he doesn't know about this. Why would we believe any word that uh, he says? It's just difficult, you know. Um, as far as, you know, going forward, I think uh, what I uh, believe is that um, this was really kind of like a face-saving uh, uh, kind of agreement. Okay. Uh, and it was just like the African Union has an interest to, you know, kind of uh, uh, save its uh, name. Okay. Uh, the United States wants to do something. But I think the real issues haven't been addressed. Okay. The thing is that the grand questions are were political, and now they yeah, have yeah, made. We, let's accept the new opportunity. Let's accept this agreement, my friend. Okay, gentlemen. If we are very hopeful, gen if we are gentlemen, very, please. very interested to have peaceful in this Ethiopia. Clearly, part there are still the so Ethiopia, many issues. My friend, it's better to accept and to address. To, to use gentlemen, this thank you so much. Clearly, the there are still so many respect. issues to address and so many questions that hopefully we'll get to discuss further here on Al Jazeera. We've run out of time for today's show. Thank you so much for joining us, Khairuddin Tizira, Gabriel Christos, Gabriel Selassie and Martin Plout. Thank you very much. That's it for the Inside Story podcast. This episode was produced by Calvin Ng, Ferdia Carr, Esaba Mutlu and Paul Taylor. Studio sound was by Yasser Romani. The program was edited by Vishnu Sheila, Lynn Nguyen and Joe DeFrias. Be sure to subscribe to the Inside Story podcast to catch every episode. Thank you for listening. We'll be back again on Friday. Hello, I'm Charles Dance, your narrator for Hindsight, an original podcast by Al Jazeera. In season four, we carry on exploring the lives of history's most notable figures, from Rosa Parks to Pol Pot. We meet the people who changed the way we think about our world and those who left it marked by their infamy. Hindsight from Al Jazeera, wherever you get your podcasts.